Green Solution has 18 locations in Colorado and is the place to get marijuana, edibles, concentrates, whatever you need, you name it. Download their app today or go to mygreensolution.com and use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Let's jump into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high. The best part of the weekend, hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend, having a good time when the orange and blue WIN. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20. It's the same code, different place, same deal. DNVR20 gets you 20% off your purchase of Strava Craft Coffee today. It's good to be back, boys. Missed you. Yeah, what's that voice? What's that voice I hear? Oh, stop it. Hey, I would have been here yesterday. That was on you guys. <laughs> Not my fault. Um, some interesting stuff. I, I listened to the podcast yesterday a little bit, and I just had I just wanted to share one thing that was my take on uh, the Broncos changing up the combine setup, most specifically Vic Fangio not bringing his assistant coaches. Uh, first of all, my take. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Back-to-back great drafts for the Broncos. Why would you change something? Because maybe Vic Fangio thinks it could be even better. How, how would diminishing your resources make things better? By not letting secrets out. S- uh, uh, that is honestly absolutely silly in my opinion. But I think that's a big part of it. I think slips it, sink ships. Not really. These aren't, this isn't a ship, and we aren't <laughs> in the military. And so but nothing that, is getting sunk. But we know how the, you know, the militaristic thought pervades in the National Football League. That so I think that actually has a bigger impact on this than anything to be honest with you. Because how why would you not for example want your position coach in the formal meeting that you have with a player asking questions? Why would you not want your co- coaches having more boots on, on the ground in Indianapolis, you know, going through the going to the lobby over at the uh, at the Crown Plaza? talking to guys, just getting a few minutes here and there. It's another connection point. I mean, me, if it were my team, I'd have my coaches down at the Senior Bowl. Again, a connection point with these guys. Exactly. Are you surprised, though? Yes. You are surprised? Yes. Okay, because what what have we talked about John Elway? Every single time we talk about small John. Small circle. John, yep, small circle. And over this past year, it's clear Vic Fangio's bought into that. And – just this is just making the circle even smaller. Well, I think it's interesting because Vic Fangio was he always in that circle of trust in every organization he's been in, and now that he's at the top, he's kind of closing off the circle a little bit. <laughs> yep. I just don't understand it. Um, again, you know, here's an example: Brett Rippin. Last year, Brett Rippin, you know, is walking around the lobby. He runs into Rich Gangarello. They have an informal meeting. Rich Gangarello falls in love with him. And now, you know, he's on the Broncos, and some people within the organization are calling him the Drew Lock Whisperer because 
for some reason, when if Drew isn't if connecting with something the way the coaches are saying, Brett just explains it to him in a different way, and now he gets it. Like because that's that relationship started because Rich Gangarello talked to him at the combine and was like, "This is what I this is the guy that I thought he was. That, we want him." That actually, interestingly enough, sounds like what Mike Shula was in his one year as a player back in 1987 with Tampa Bay, and then he went straight on the coaching staff. Well, it's interesting though, <laughs> is the name that you mention isn't here anymore. Rich Gangarello isn't here anymore. So Vic, Vic probably, you know, j- just taking that could say, well, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't need his opinion anyway because his opinion led him to get fired. So I don't need anyone else below me giving these. It's just me and John. That's all I need. I'm not saying it's right, Ryan. When we talked about this yesterday, we laid out why Vic is doing this. And in my opinion, it's that it's probably less productive for the coaches to be at the Combine in terms of truly scouting the film because – as we detailed, it's it's a late-night social place for the coaches at the Combine, and Vic's not that type of guy, and he probably says, well, that's a, that's a waste for you guys to be out till, you know, wee hours of the night partying when, uh, you know, you can go home at 10 p.m. in Denver, and you'll be back in the office at 5 a.m. doing that. And then the other reason, the, the loose lips sink ships. But then the other side is, yeah, you are taking some resources away, talking to these guys, running into guys in the hallway, and then not being able to ask questions in the meeting. So, so there's definitely uh, you're losing something. Vic's just hoping that it gains more. And the other thing here is the coaches enjoy going to the combine. It's fun for them, also, not just from the uh, hours of – 8 p.m. to 3 a.m., but also they like being there and seeing the drills and getting an up-close look of these guys. It's just weird to me that, you know, you're going to bring some guys in on visits. Maybe they'll get a touch point then, but there's a chance, you know, you're going to draft a guy who the uh, offensive coordinator has never seen in person. And the other thing is you can say, oh, we can send them to the pro days. Well, you've got free agency going on during the pro days, so you're already kind of in two different directions. And another thing is, let's say you go to, let's say you go to Wisconsin pro day. You want to talk to Jonathan Taylor. Well, everyone else wants to talk to Jonathan Taylor too. There's no guarantee that you can get that five, six, seven minutes. You got a better chance of doing that at the combine when everyone's just kind of milling around. And you said something with the coaches; it's a chance to kind of get together. For also, let's say you're a position coach or an offensive or defensive assistant. It's a chance to make contacts. It's basically a an NFL coaching convention, so it can help your career individually as well. Yeah, and and you mentioned um, the coaches getting together just as a staff. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I heard about the way Kyle Shanahan does things in San Francisco is almost every Friday after work, they're all getting together. They're going, you know, to a local restaurant, having a few beers, bonding. Yes. There's no better coaching bonding time than at the Combine. This is where these guys go and hang out together. And from what I heard, I've heard, Vic Fangio doesn't do that kind of stuff of getting the whole staff together, you know, hanging out, getting buddy-buddy. And again, the Combine is an opportunity to do that. So I just think it's weird. Uh, I honestly do believe there's a little bit of penny-pinching going on here. I think that plays a little bit of a role. Uh, but maybe not as much as the ones you're talking about. And I don't know. I Again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't know why you would change the formula after it's been working the last two years. But what's interesting on the budget thing is that every other department is unaffected. What In do you terms mean? of the compliment they're sending as far as the medical staff, uh, the, the, the scouting and personnel staff, even 
the team digital media staff. Nothing is effect, Nothing else is affected by this. The only group that's being cut back is the coaches. I do have to ask though if it's don't bro- if it's not broke, uh, don't fix it. Don't don't fix it. Don't you also want to see the Broncos be a little more on the innovation side? Not necessarily with this, but just with things. And and the Broncos really haven't been on the innovative side with anything uh, since Peyton left. Couldn't this be a way of potentially trying to do that? I mean, the the way it was described to me many, many times, this is the way of the future, not just for the Broncos, but the NFL, and Vic Fangio is leading that charge. Now, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe Vic and John say, oh, God, that was a big mistake not to have that. But from that perspective, do you not like that they're doing something different? This this isn't like on the forefront of technology or anything like that. It's just... It's just different for different sake. I don't think there's any. I just don't see what the possible benefit of this is, other than uh, you know maybe Ryan Konigsberg doesn't learn that uh, Joe Fla- that the the staff is in love with Joe Flacco. Who cares? It's not as if the you know it's not as if the leaks last year were like the Broncos are locked in on Noah Fant. They're they're gonna do whatever it takes to draft him or anything like that. Like. Honestly, the most pertinent information we got to draft strategy was from Vic Fangio speaking publicly about how he didn't love Devin Bush or Devin White. Um, and that, some, yeah, some of that comes out at the league meetings next month too. Yeah, it's not That's as thing. it's not as if like after the combine it was like um, massive leak. Broncos um, want to trade back from ten so they can draft Noah Fant in the twenties. I'm just not surprised by this one bit because this is death by inches in Vic Fangio's mind. I'm not saying that's what it is, but in Vic Fangio's mind, hey, if these guys can get one extra hour of film study or, I mean, he probably views it as they're going to be twice or three times as productive, not just getting one more hour in because they're not out late. They're not having to walk around in the, in, in the convention center and waste all that time. They get in the building. And they sit there for 12 hours in Denver watching film. There's no distractions. And the difference with, with Kyle Shanahan and, and Vic Fangio is huge. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, we, we see it every year out at the Combine. Kyle Shanahan is out late socializing. He's with John Lynn sharing a bottle of wine at a table right next to us before then going around the rest of the bar talking to other assistant coaches, his coaches, other coaches. Vic Fangio, I doubt he's doing that. He's probably at, at dinner right after meetings end. Uh, maybe there's a martini there. He doesn't and, drink. And then and then it's and then he's up in his room. I think he's more likely to be over at Steak and Shake, where they don't have alcohol. At, where you I see think he's seven, be, you at do, seven p.m. Not Steak and Shake at two a.m. No, but although Steak and Shake at two a.m. is really interesting, I've learned I've I've learned as much. At the staking shake at two a.m. as over at the at the prime at two a.m. We saw a guy so get I. killed there. So it's <laughs> <laughs> funny, but I'm serious. <laughs> um, but yeah, the interesting thing also, you say they they're going to be back to watch film. You can watch film any other week, any other time. any other time. But how many chances do you get to actually say, "Hey, I'm I'm Coach Mason. You're you know, it's good to meet you, J.K. Dobbins." Got a few minutes for you know for an informal chat because of course you're limited to now. I think it's 45 interviews, not even 60. 
in formal in the formal process. But there's no limit on how many times you can talk to guys in the lobby and around town and that sort of thing. And I can think back to example when Bobby Turner was here, and he would make a point of talking to, trying to talk to every running back who was at the combine just to kind of get to know them, get their phone number, and then kind of you know again have that in person connection and you know we're all analytic minded we get that but the in-person connection does still matter especially when these coaches are trying to ascertain which players are the most coachable for them last thing i'll say on this is didn't you just make a huge point to put together this extremely veteran coaching staff and you can't even trust these guys. You can't trust Mike Munchak and Pat Shermer and uh, Curtis Modkins. And you can't trust these guys out on the town. I, most of these guys probably wouldn't even be out there. Isn't, I this, isn't this what Vic? Isn't that what Vic Fangio is saying though? Because how many yes. guys, how many guys are new? Two. So two. So Vic Fangio saw these guys last year. Knows what they're about outside of Shermer and Shula. So that's what this move would say, wouldn't it? Is that is that I did not like what you did last year. I think you can be more productive. I think you can be more quiet if I keep you in Denver, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I would hope that someone on that coaching staff takes a little bit of initiative here and like tries to get the group together while you know while uh, the the teachers out of town. Oh yeah, this sounds like a, a plot to just throw the. Uh, uh, th- overturn the empire well th- i mean have you ever been in a classroom where the teacher doesn't show up substitute teacher even if like the teacher's 10 minutes late it's chaos in there you <laughs> oh, think yeah. these guys are just gonna be i mean maybe you trust them enough to go into the to the building and uh grind film for 12 hours but there's no one around to uh, hold them accountable you saying vic should tap uh, into the into the security cameras I, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> or you have the IT people monitor exactly what's going on, what's how the computers are being used. He's going to set up. Are one you of those watching little... film, or are you, you know, or goofing what, off? Are you... <laughs> He's going <laughs> to. I only want to. <laughs> what exactly are you watching over there? Are, um, are you doing? Lot of tape, are lot you doing sporkle want... quizzes all all day? I mean, come on. Are you watching film, or are you watching films? <laughs> um, Catching up on your Netflix queue, I see. I just. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I think it's it's overthinking is what it comes down to to me. And that's that's fair. I, I think there there's certainly they are there's no question they are missing out on benefits by not being there. Imagine imagine that feel. I feel like that would be a really crappy feeling. The whole NFL world is there, and you're stuck at home. So what do you think about what the Rams are doing and Sean McVay? He's just going there to fulfill media obligations. Then he's leaving. I like that. That seems more like uh, he's not even going to be talking to the to 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 the com- the players at the combine. I mean, apparently he doesn't think that's that's uh, necessary. So how is going more extreme than Vic better than Vic? Well, because it seems like there's an actual plan there. Like it's just do not have nothing to do with the combine. Right. Honestly, I mean, personally, I think they should have just let him out of it, and he could have done a media availability at home. Yeah, but you don't have national media there. Part of it now, it's become such a national event from a print media, broadcast media, digital media perspective that the expectation is that every team has some form of representation, preferably both the head coach and the GM. But in the case of the Patriots, for example, they'll do what they want because they're Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Uh, My sister has this thing set up at her house where it's a camera and she can see what their dog is doing in the house 
And then she can even talk to the dog if she needs to. I feel like that's what Vic's going to set up in the Broncos <laughs> facility. Like, So the coaches can be in on the interviews? Someone's like, going to pull mm-hmm. out their phone and open Instagram. And Vic's going to be like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Watch film. <laughs> All right. One more thing here that we need to discuss is Darius Slay. comes out yesterday that the uh, Lions are open to finding a trade partner for him. Prices vary a little bit, but what it sounds like to me is you're going to have to give a second or third rounder, and I think the distinction between those two things is massive in this situation. Or both. Or both. If it's both, no thank you. And you're going to uh, you're gonna have to sign him up for about $15 mil a year, right? Yep. Yep, long-term deal. And he turns 30 next New Year's Day. Man, that that seems crazy to me. It only feels like he's been on the scene for two years. Yep, he became a Pro Bowler in 2017, was one in 2018, and was one this past year. So, I mean, really, he's been in the limelight for three years. So, here's where I draw the line. Plain and simple. Second-round pick. If I have to include a second-round pick, I'm out. If I can do two-thirds, I'm in. Um, Obviously, one-third, I'm in. A third and you know a depth guy i'm in um but second round pick is just too high for me I, I, because of his age if it wasn't for him touching 30 i would consider it but i wouldn't like that and i'll add this though if they were to do it i'm not going to crush them for it it's just personally that's where i would draw the line if i were the gm in the end though if you get a good player, the means in which you obtained them s- slowly but surely start to become less relevant. It does, but at the same time, you'll get Byron Jones, for example, and he's going to be on the market. And he tur- he, he does not turn 30 until 2022 during the season. So he's a little bit younger, and you can get him – Probably for about $15 million a year, he's going to be in that same price point without having to sacrifice a draft pick. But this is the only situation in which you can guarantee you get a guy. Right. Well, Because if you try to go to free agency and you miss on Byron Jones, okay, now you're to the draft. Well, if you're or you're to James Bradbury. You're the next guy on the list. But what if you don't get any of those guys? Well, so, so let's just start there. Who's better, Darius Slay? Or Byron Jones? Slay, right now. Who's better a year from now in all likelihood? Who Who's better for the next four years? Let's just say you give them both four years, $60 million. Probably Jones. And would you rather have Darius Slay than Chris Harris Jr.? And that's another... If you're, sign- if you're going to give a contract to somebody who's going to, who is 30 or will be 30 in the next 12 months, look, I'd rather give it to the guy that's been in the building for the last nine years rather than the guy who's just coming in here for the first time why i I actually think that inside they might feel differently i I think think inside they probably do they're a little sick of chris's i think it's time for a fresh start for everyone i think it really is too uh and it's crazy to say that because in most scenarios you would say you've already got the guy you don't have to trade anything for him you already know that if you just pay a lot you're going to be able to keep him but i just get the feeling that it's not a uh, harmonious relationship. It's a little bit of like, like I imagine John Elway 
grinds his teeth when he sees Chris Harris out there pulling the, the, the scare tactics of talking about the Chiefs. And Chris Harris is going on a tour right now, not just to make that known and make it known that he wants to be loved by another team, but he's making it known that he did not like what he was put into last year. And it kind of seemed like he wanted that role that he was in last year. And then after the fact, when it didn't look so good, he's saying that that's not the role he wants. And I can't imagine that John likes the Chiefs stuff. John's a a Denver Bronco through and through, not just as a general manager, but of course as the player. And I'm sure Vic Fangio does not like it when, when Chris just keeps pretty much putting Vic on blast, right? By saying that he was put in a bad situation from the start. He keeps on playing like both sides of it too, though. He's like, yeah, I didn't want to be, I wanted to be there, but I didn't want to be there. And Vic didn't want me there, but then I had to be there, but I'm mad that I had to play there. It's like, Dude, like you can't play all different sides of the coin. That's that's what that's what a few and so all of this confusion kind of just to me boils down to maybe a fresh start. As as hard as it is, and Chris will be welcome back here to be uh, honored in the Ring of Fame. It seems like that's where we're going right now. So when I think of these guys, I in my head I do put Darius Slay and Byron Jones ahead of Chris Harris Jr. for really the emotional reasons i'd put byron jones ahead of chris harris jr i wouldn't put darius slay ahead that's that's kind of where i stand at this point that being said that's where i put them i think the broncos like you guys said feel differently on this chris harris jr has a better chance of being the modern day neil smith going from one afc west side of the rivalry to the other don't say it mace and being a kansas city chief (laughs) look how do you think in kansas city they felt when neil smith left for Denver people were angry but eventually they loved him again and if Chris Harris Jr. goes to the Chiefs people are going to be angry here for a few years but eventually when it's time for him to join the ring of fame get his name on the facade at Empower Field at Mile High hopefully by that point they'll be giving out orange jackets to ring of famers I don't know why they don't do that already (laughs) like in Carolina they give out these blue jackets and they're amazing I don't know if you guys heard that was just John Elway calling (laughs) um, and he said I'm sick of Chris Harris Jr. And once I bring in Darius Slay, no one's even going to remember who he is. You sure it wasn't uh, Vic Collins saying, let me talk to Ryan right now? (laughs) You want to take a sleigh ride? (laughs) I wonder if he says that to girls at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's married with a kid. (laughs) Uh, If we know anything about NFL players, (laughs) that doesn't matter at all. Uh, Um, uh, He may have used that in the past. It's pretty good i mean i, I, I mean if I, I don't know i can i'm i picture being said like a butthead uh hey baby want to take a sleigh ride <laughs> <laughs> it's good i i would support that uh that pickup line yeah you want to take a stevens ride doesn't necessarily <laughs> roll off the tongue as well uh crazy a slayer <laughs> <laughs> or if you just say like yes girl slay so do you want him mace do you want him last thing i want to say this if the broncos trade a second round pick and maybe even a second and a third and sign them up to a 15 million dollar deal every like um gm twitter is going to be like oh the, the broncos didn't do well and then in week one he's going to lock down his side he might have a pick and Oh, oh, first he's going to like shut down everyone in training camp, and we're going to be like, holy crap, this guy is killing it. And then in week one, he's going to ball out, and 
at that point, everyone will have forgotten how the Broncos obtained Darius but Slay. we won't know whether they would have gotten Byron Jones or not. And so some of us are going to be sitting there saying, well, they could have gotten Byron Jones in a few weeks, and they could have had that second-round pick and gotten Tyler Biotish or Lloyd Cushenberry and had a starter on the interior offensive line and had a cornerback who was a couple of years younger. I don't, I don't love the move. I wouldn't be advocating for the Broncos to trade Darius Slay for really whatever it is. But they have to get a cornerback, and they they have to. And the and thought of of Byron Jones losing out on Byron Jones, it's not like the Broncos have Peyton Manning, where they're this destination where they can still pay high money. But it, when John had had Peyton, and he probably knew, okay, I'm gonna go offer Akib Talib lots of money, pay him well, and I'm going to get him. I have no question about that. The Broncos can go out to any free agent and say we're gonna pay you a lot of money, but just another team that finished 10 wins or better last year, steps in, gives them the exact same deal, and the Broncos aren't certain that that's going to happen. So that's – and they have to get a cornerback. They have to get a cornerback, whether it's Chris or someone else. So And it's not this, coming like, in the draft because they're not getting Jeff Okuda. Right. And he's and, the only, you know, primetime, shutdown, lockdown cornerback that you can plug and play immediately in this draft. Right. And, Ryan, like you said, this is the only way to guarantee – yourself that you get a top-notch cornerback as you were saying that I remember something I heard um late last week though about you know knowing you're gonna get a guy one guy who is rumored or at least I was told really wants to be in Denver is Prince Mukamara how do you feel about that name does he, is he a number one corner I think that's right. the big does question he that I like him I, I like him in the in the room so what if your room is this a Mukamara Bryce Callahan, um, Bosby, and Devontae Harris. Rolling the dice. You're rolling the dice, in my opinion. But if you're Vic Fangio... Maybe you think it's not rolling the dice, because maybe you think that Bryce Callahan is going to be healthy. You know who and what Prince well, of Mukamara is. right there. Yeah, you've already Just rolled the saying. dice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but maybe he's like, okay, well, I've seen how he's recovering. He's going to be good and ready to go. He thought that last year, too, yeah. just to be fair. Right. And what's the cost, we think, of Mukamara? He's probably in the seven, eight million dollar a year range. That fits the Certain, bill in yeah. terms of how much you're investing in the secondary, assuming Justin Simmons is here one way or the other. Actually, one thing to watch will be how many Bears that played for Fangio come over to Denver. I mean, does he bring in a, a Mukamara? Does he look at a Nick Kwiatkowski, the linebacker Danny. that's been in there? Danny. Dane Trevathan. Give me Danny. If you want, I know he's your guy. The question there is health. It's not whether he's good enough. Mm-hmm. And do you even think about Akeem Hicks Good. on the defensive line? Is he a free agent, too? I, think I don't know. So. If he is, Vic's going to want him. Yep, he will. I mean, Vic, Vic did wonders with him. Yeah, that's a, that's a very— He'd be a trade. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I yeah, thought. Yeah, he's trade. Um, But it's interesting. I mean, we always, you know, just based by, on our nature, we look at the top of the market, you know, the Byron Joneses, the Chris Joneses, all of these guys. Or a cut because there's only $3 million of dead money if the Bears cut him. I can't imagine why they would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes it is, you know, we, we miss out on some of the guys one tier below. And the Mook Bryce Mar- Callahan's of the world. Although Bryce Callahan was in our first tier last year. Yeah. Um, Bryce Callahan, Prince of Mukamara, Devontae Bosby, I, I don't feel bad about that. 
It, there's I feel a, bad there's if somebody gets of, hurt. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ifs there. Yeah. But if everyone stays healthy, then yeah, there, there's talent there, especially for what Vic can do. And then maybe you do get a guy in any round but the third who can who can fit in the, that room as well. Seriously, any round. <laughs> well, it's a really interesting situation. I do – I just – if you trade for Darius Slay, I do like the, the, the fact that you just get to say, like, we got a guy. Okay, right d- next week at the Combine, the Lions approach John Elway and say two-thirds and a four – year 60 million dollar extension with 40 guaranteed two-thirds two-thirds because it fits ryan's criteria I'll, yeah i'll counter with a third and a fourth they no they say this is the offer and i'll say hey you know what this is more than you're going to get if you just lose him a year from now okay, and you get a late third line, pump line, line's sorry done. line's done he lost him do you take it yes pretty do you, easily i don't do two threes i four, do so four year four. extension 60 minutes, 15 a year with 40 guaranteed. So essentially, it's three years guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in. Mace, do you do that contract? If if they say, yeah, a third and a fourth. How much of it is guaranteed? 40. No. So you oh. would only go want to guarantee two years of a big contract? Correct. For someone, for a guy who's going to be 30 next year. Fair. You're getting older in the in this coaching staff, getting older on the field. <laughs> sign it, time to sign, start signing guys up to deals like this. You did it for Kareem Jackson. Now you do it for Darius Slay. And you've got an extremely experienced secondary. Extremely experienced, or some could say in a year old. Yep. But Kareem Jackson was 30 this year, and he sure didn't look like he was slowing down. Had the best year of his career. Why does Detroit want to let Darius Slay go, too? That's another thing. I mean, not that Detroit is exactly a fountain of competence right now, but why do they want to let Darius Slay go? I don't know. Speaking of Detroit, I had Detroit-style pizza recently. Overrated. What really? is Detroit-style pizza? It's a square. It's, you know, oh. kind of... What's it? Have you ever had Papa Romano's pizza? No. Well, it, com- it's, it comes in, like, a, a rectangular shape. You've got some, like, some sharp angles on the crust. Is, so it's kind of like deep dish, right? Kind of? Kind of, yeah. Is the bread fluffy? Um, I know what you're talking about. It's a, it's kind like of a buttery crust, right. isn't it? But it's it's not quite like deep dish, but it's definitely like a pan pizza. Yes, yes. You know how deep dish is like mostly the ingredients? Is this mostly crust? There's a lot of bread, and okay. that's what kind of killed it for me. Um, a lot of people in this office are a big fan of the place I went, <laughs> so I went, and it didn't live up to the hype to me. I've started to realize, other than Bojo's, because Bojo's comes with – Spoons made out of bread for honey, <laughs> which is just incredible. I'm not a I'm I'm only a thin crust pizza guy. Hmm. The crust has to be special for the for thick crust to work. You ever have St. Louis style pizza? Oh my! How many different <laughs> styles of pizza? Well, no. If you New like York thin crust, Chicago. that's a th- that is the thinnest crust. It's basically like a cracker. That's how mm. thin it is. Is it is it crispy though, or is it it's soggy? crispy? It doesn't it's, flop. It's crispy. It is it is a crispy crust. The thing that they do in St. Louis is that they use uh, a cheese blend of that includes like some mozzarella, some provolone, some cheddar called provol. Yep. That they only I, I've never seen anywhere but St. Louis, and it's one it's a thing that I think if you've never had it, it might be off putting. But pudding? If, if you. <laughs> If you get used to it, it's amazing. Like there's when I go to St. Louis, I always go to Emo's Pizza, 
That's the local chain that serves St. Louis style pizza. I always go to the same location. Does everyone have like long right black hair 40. that covers one of their <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I get the pizza and I get the sal I get their salad, which has some like salami, but also has they put the the shredded provol, not provolone, but provol on top. And it's amazing. One of our neighbors lived in St. Louis and had um Ten of those Emos pizzas shipped out to him. Yes. He gave us one. We had it. And what is it, Provol? Provol. It's like Cheese Whiz, pretty much. So the pizza's made up of Cheese Whiz. Oh, it's not it, Cheese Whiz. It, it it's it's not is. Cheese it Whiz. Like it, it looks like, and it kind of tastes like, yeah, it's kind of pretty much Cheese Whiz. It's not Cheese That's Whiz. Un- <laughs> I will say. It's not Cheese Whiz. Went to Philly on Sunday, Ooh. had myself a Philly cheesesteak, and on there, you, I have to get it with Cheese Whiz. And it is so Freaking incredible. You get Wit Whiz? They say that? Wit I whiz go provolone or... and Whiz. Okay. What else do you get on it? Do you get uh, onions, peppers? Onions and hot peppers. Okay. Oh, that sounds so good. I guess it's that so sounds good. like the perfect sandwich. Every time I go, I end up eating one and being like, I should have gotten two. I think, uh, but I also think you're a cheesesteak, uh, I wouldn't say snob. I would say a connoisseur because you've had exposure to what true Philadelphia cheesesteaks are. And you you mentioned off air, off air off this podcast you don't really like any of the cheesesteaks in Denver. I refuse. I, I might as well be from Philly. I will not eat <laughs> a cheesesteak in Denver. You've never had a Denver Ted's? No, I've never even heard of it. Okay, it's downtown. Um, no. that, that's where I, that's where I go. I, I order from there from time to time. Do they do it the same way? It's the closest thing in Denver I found to Philly. Do they have Wiz? They do have Wiz, and I get it with Wiz, yes. Uh, I want to say I'll give it a try, but I just don't want to. I, I, just, I like living in a world where I just only can have that when I go so to Philly. So I've, I've never been to Philadelphia. What makes it so good there? I don't know. Is it everything, or is there one thing that kind of Well, I'll start that? with this. If you're out of the, market— It starts with the bread. Yeah. If, if the place serving the cheesesteak does not use an Amoroso roll, keep walking. Because that's that's where it starts, and those are from the Philadelphia area. There's certain things that just can't. I, I, I think it starts with like the water. Honestly, um, Colorado water is the best for drinking, and pretty much everything else, except for like making hoagie rolls and making bagels. People will tell you the same thing about New York water. That's what I when mean when it comes to pizza dough. Yeah, mm, pizza and bagels. There is a bagel place in Denver that used to import water from New York to try and recreate New York bagels. Now they claim they've made a machine that can turn Colorado <laughs> water into New York water. So they just make it grosser. Yeah, they just pour some weird stuff in there. And so that water that's clear and crisp and fresh from a Rocky Mountain stream is just not good enough? It just You've got to mess it up. It just doesn't make the bagel the same way. <laughs> I respect it. I respect the effort. Uh, yeah, I certainly do too. Man, I want I want that Philly cheesesteak you described. I at at, at press time, I want a Philly cheesesteak, a thin crust pizza, <laughs> and a bagel. Okay, well, you've mentioned your favorite in Philly is Jim's. Far enough. And I I for me the top level in Philly is Jim's and I put Tony Loops right there. What's the most overrated cheesesteak in Philly that you've had? I mean, I don't waste my time with the overrated ones. <laughs> just straight up. But gyms. you had them. You would know. You no, would I know if, Wouldn't you know if they're overrated if you had them? Otherwise, no, you wouldn't know. I just take the words of the locals. Uh. It, is Cheese Whiz a local thing as well? Yeah. At one time I uh, was talking. Actually, there's a video of this. We asked um, 
Will Parks, do you get cheese whiz on your Philly cheesesteaks? And I'll, just, I'll never forget this quote. He said, y'all keep saying cheese whiz. That's not what we call it. We're like, what do you call it? He goes, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. It's I thought just, he was going to say whiz. No, that's just standard cheese. <laughs> oh, grilled cheese with that. That'd be some ooey gooey stuff. Well, you got see, you go bold. Like, whenever I make grilled cheese, I get wild with it. Just start putting in all sorts of, like, you could just do like twelve different cheeses. Did you have a roast pork while you were there? Roast no, pork sandwich. I was only there for uh, for two meals. And okay. one was brunch. <laughs> well, you can still have a cheesesteak for brunch, and you can have the roast pork for dinner. If it was up for me, up to me, I just would have gone cheesesteak for both. <laughs> And Maybe you even have, to have s- eggs or something. Yeah, exactly. Like if a Kansas City barbecue restaurant wanted to start serving barbecue for breakfast, I think they'd make a killing. I agree. I never really understood until I started traveling for covering the Broncos. I really never understood how important regional foods are. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Like I just, you have to go have these foods in these places. They're just not the same. You can't even get close anywhere else. But there's a line you won't cross. If you're ever in Evansville, Indiana, you're not going to have a fried cow brain sandwich, correct? If you put it that way. <laughs> 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 but if you just call it something nicer, like sweetbreads, which is a term for cow brains, I, I might try it. And I won't have that. Sweet, uh, that is deceiving. <laughs> that is deceiving. <laughs> it's all about salesmanship. You're trying yep. to sell the product, move yep. product. Yep. How do you move cow brains? You call them sweet breads. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> How do you move beers? You call them Breck brews. And then nice. everyone knows they're amazing, <laughs> and you have many of them, and it's a great situation. Um, was talking to someone out in Philly who was a big, big beer guy, and he was quite aware of the vanilla porter specifically. Um, but whether it's a vanilla porter or strawberry sky or um, my – my newfound mix of Strawberry Sky and an IPA. Whatever you do with Breckenridge Brew, it's going to work out for you. It's a little rhyme there for you. <laughs> and you know how you can move Breck Brews? How? With a snowplow. You have enough of them. With rubber from the, or hopefully not enough of them, with rubber from the <laughs> Denver Rubber Company. You can just push it. You can push whatever you want with the rubber you get from Denver Rubber Company because it's, it's simply the best out there. And you you have that rubber inside the snowplow to protect the bottles. Exactly. And you just fill the snowplow with Breck brews and deliver them to the people. (laughs) And now you're Santa. (laughs) Or if you need custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, or custom hoses, DRC is your place to go. So give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 for anything. Snowplows, custom gaskets, hoses, anything with rubber or go to drcfirst.com slash dnvr and when you talk to them make sure to tell them that dnvr sent you do you think they would make a hose that connects to a keg Mm. that you just line through your house that goes right to where you sit on the couch and you just you just breck brew straight through the hose the question they would want to know is how big do you want the hose to be like are are you are you sipping on the beer and it so it's a tiny little spout or are you are you getting down (laughs) Uh, originally, I was thinking like a full-size garden hose, no. but now I'm starting to come back a little bit to like a camelback, mm, where so I just a little bigger than a straw, right? It, it's like in the in between the couch cushions. There's just it just comes up through there, and I just grab it whenever I want, 
press the little, you know, squeeze yep. the little yep. uh, lips together yep. and just <laughs> suck, suck some strawberry sky right through there. So we're talking strawberry sky through this? I mean, anything. Strawberry sky is probably the best yeah. because this is going to follow you throughout the day because this rubber hose is going to go anywhere you want it to go. Oh, that's true. You just like get up from the couch, need to uh, get the remote, just bring the hose with you. <laughs> now, is that... I think resolution would work for it too, though. Oh, it, cer- it certainly would. Yes. Could you guys get down for a shower beer in that case when there's just a hose that you just funnel in the shower? Yes, because my biggest problem with shower beers is how quickly they heat up. Mm, yeah, and this hose is nicely isolated. Right, it goes insulated. right into a ice-cold keg. So you get the warm water pouring over you and the cold beer pouring into you? <laughs> yes, that's what we're talking about. I think that's the general idea of a shower beer, is to have the warm and cold yep. thing going, but it just it only works for like the first two minutes of the shower. And then it's a warm thing going into your body. And here I was thinking that, Having to drink a beer in the shower was one of the signs that you're an alcoholic. <laughs> this well, is <laughs> see, this is for people who are under the age of 25 or so. <laughs> and I would make the case that it, everyone's an alcoholic at that age. Yes, mm-hmm. probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the questions here. I'm sure we'll have plenty more talk of beers and food and maybe some Broncos, too. We'll have really quick something just rolled across the uh, the breaking news banner and really quick because we may dive into this later in, during this week. But um, Drew Brees has announced that he will return for the 2020 season. If that news popped up on John Elway's phone, did he just get excited? Not should he, but did he just go? Do the Broncos play the Saints next year? Yes, in Denver. So, no, he did not get excited. He pounded his fist on the table. I think so, too. You think you don't think he allows himself to dream just for a moment? Oh, I do. Th- yeah, I think he does of, allow himself to dream. Of getting a player that his father loved coming out of Purdue in well, 2001. If maybe then John Elliott should honor his father by being interested in quarterbacks such as Russell Wilson, um, Kyler Murray, other short guys, but apparently he is ignoring his dad's opinion on quarterbacks and believing that they have to be tall. Heights overrated. No, oh, I think we Drew's all. Drew's been agree proving about that, that for his entire career. You two definitely agree with it a little more than I do. What height being overrated? Height being. Uh, you don't think heights overrated? Yeah, you do. I was just calling you guys short. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't someone call us short yesterday too? Mm, I don't think so. We called ourselves short. I think that's what it was. Sorry, sorry. To or we stopped short. We we spoke in short sentences. <laughs> we didn't cut the podcast short because we were north of two hours, like always. Yes, Classic. We did not. <laughs> All right, so we don't end up being north of two hours today. From R. D. Dollywall. Hey guys, hope you can answer this question for me. All I know about Darren Williams is that he only played for the Broncos for two seasons. I know he's a very good up and coming cornerback, but can you shed some light on who I can compare him to? I.e., Champ, Chris Harris, etc. Thanks. Well, I don't think it's fair to compare him to Champ Bailey. I mean, Champ Bailey's a Hall of Famer. Chris Harris Jr. First ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, and so he should have his number retired. I think he would have been in the class of Chris Harris Jr. potentially with the element of being able to handle punt returns as well. At minimum, I think he's a player that would have gotten a second contract from the Broncos. Think Sort of like a like Justin Simmons now. Different position, but somebody who gradually got better and better, and if not a pro bowler, was a pretty good above-average player at his position. 
from a personality standpoint, he was almost a hybrid of Chris Harris Jr. and Akeem Tlaib. All the swagger of mm-hmm. Akeem Tlaib and kind of the love for the spotlight of Akeem Tlaib while still being a low-key, extremely nice guy who wasn't going to have any off-the-field issues. Yeah, I mean, in terms of his play and his personality really reminds me of Chris. That's a good way to put it. But Chris didn't have the... He was he he wasn't as I don't know charming. He was more charming than Chris. He was he was yeah. And obviously he came into the league as a second round pick, not an undrafted guy. So he was on this on the spotlight right away. And let's not forget he was also a baller returner. Yes, it was a, it was probably another at least another three years if you liked Eddie Royal. More likely another seven years before the Broncos had a returner as good as Darren Williams as capable of taking it to the house on any op- any opportunity that he had. I don't know why I always love returners who are corners. I, I just love that combination, and it's pretty rare in today's day and age. Well, it's th- they have the speed of a wide receiver, but they're there sometimes because at some point in their past they were a judge to not have the hands or the route-running ability, but it's like they see it as, okay, Here's my chance to do something with the ball. Because at one point in their football lives, almost every NFL cornerback was a wide receiver. In high school, right? yeah, early yeah. in college. Until they couldn't catch. You know, and that's when they but it's go. like... They, Why did you sing they, that? They, no, they, I, they, I kind of mocking it because I, I was know. a cornerback. Whenever I told someone I was a cornerback, they'd go, oh, oh, right, you can't, can't catch. catch. But yeah. they see the punt return did as a no, chance to... Did you say no, because I can't yeah. take hits? <laughs> no, because the... I like to deliver the hits. Oh, okay, of course. The, the punt return for them is a chance to carpe that DM. Seize the day. That they don't ha- that they once had on a regular basis, now they don't. They, so they want to maximize it. So there's a lot of energy brought to that moment. Didn't, they th- didn't the Broncos throw a key back there a couple times? He looked so uncomfortable. Yeah, they tried. <laughs> I, I think I remember like he like let it bounce and then like was like unsure. <laughs> yeah. That's what I imagine, just being very wishy-washy. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> Next one coming in from Flumunda Cheese. Speaking of cheese, he says, Fellas, <laughs> I haven't been able to post in a few months. I just got back from another contract doing cold water and ice rescue in Antarctica. What? Yeah, it's insane. I binged as many of your podcasts as I could on the way back. It definitely made the flights go by faster. Do they not have... They, do they not have- service there i mean i wouldn't be surprised yeah i I guess not or the cold that sounds intense Mm. there are a few things i want to comment on one you were talking about best passes in the super bowl mace i think you were close when you gave it to bradshaw because he was a stealer but i have to give it to big ben and santonio holmes to win the game versus the cardinals talk about a perfect throw in a clutch moment great cash too incredible pass two mace i never thought i would speak these words but your Beavis is impeccable. <laughs> wow. I'm saying you should do the rest of this uh, rest of the podcast. Please no, that please voice. no. I, I can't. It's t- it's very hard on the vocal cords. Uh, it sounds like it. He says it, it, it gave him some interesting looks from all the proper Brits that were filming for BBC on our flight back from the ice. I almost fell out of my chair when I heard it. I can't believe Zach doesn't watch adult cartoons. What do you think of Archer or Bob's Burgers? Fun fact, the voices for both shows are done by the same actors. I have to admit, I haven't watched either. Sorry. One really good one is BoJack Horseman. Have you caught any of that? No. It's funny. I've heard it's funny. Three is for Pat. Four, I'm with Mace when it comes to punctuation. You don't need more than one exclamation mark. 
ever. <laughs> LOL, because he put about seven. I have to put some of my fellow DNVR subscribers on Front Street for their punctuation. I've commented, <laughs> I commend you, host, for your ability to read some of these posts. Punctuation is very important in the ling- English language. Just remember <laughs> that a simple comma can change the entire meaning of your sentence. It's the difference <laughs> between I help my uncle, Uncle Jack, off a horse. And I helped my uncle jack off a horse. <laughs> I remember there. Were, I think it was CJ so CJ Anderson had a tweet when he was a Bronco, <laughs> and Capri Bibbs was playing, and he and he was out, and CJ said, "Let's eat Bibbs," but he didn't have a comma, <laughs> so it, was, it came off his lips. Why do we oh, want to eat Capri Bibbs? Uh, <laughs> wow, that was a an early days God peed. Oh yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> He says, I'll leave it there for now. It's so nice to be back in the USA. And the first game I watched was the NBA All-Star game. What a great fourth quarter with the new rules. Now, off to the Rockies podcast to see if they can bring me up to date with this cheating scandal. I found out about it yesterday and completely lost. I'll leave you with a new track from from Head for the Hills. This is dedicated to Garrett Bowles. And the track is called I Am the Problem. Oh my god. Oh wow. <laughs> Whoa. Well, welcome back Damn. to the USA. Really yeah. good return comment. Yes, it yeah, was. Yeah, well, we Hats appreciate off. you having coming back from Monday cheese and also you know what if if the BBC crew comes by and says, "Hey, what are you laughing at?" Feel free to play a snippet from our podcast. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Also, I want to see what you've been working on. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Bronco born, Bronco bred. My apologies. Guess I had to stop listening early on Saturday. Always appreciate getting put in my place. Much love. By the way, how fun was that NBA All-Star game? How can the NFL replicate that? They can't. They can't. And, you know, they, they've tried with, dra- you know, having you know, like the team, Jerry Rice, and, you know, having the former players draft guys to be on each side but the nature of football and the nature of basketball football being a collision sport means you just can't have a game that is in any way resembling a normal football game because no one wants to risk injury exactly the truth is for football to look good guys have to be risking their bodies on every play do you think it would make it a better game a better product more people would care about it if they just did like the other sports and put it in the middle of the season no. Oh, gosh, no, because even for a game where guys aren't really tackling, I mean, what if you're running a route and you pull a hamstring, or what if you uh, land wrong? I mean, the the general managers, coaches, teammates, I mean, imagine your season being ruined because a guy goes out in the All-Star game and gets hurt. And How is that any different than any of the other All-Star games? They're all right in the middle of the season. They're just less risk. The, the, less the risk. players are at less risk because of the sports. I'm not saying that's what they should do. I think this game is hosed no no matter what. But that's just what the other ones do, and they're more interesting. The I think that, that there really should only be one player who plays in the Pro Bowl. Do you know who it is? Drew Locke. Joe Flacco. You want to know why? Because you can shoot him to the sun after? Because the Pro Bowl should be on the surface of the sun <laughs> right next to Joe. The only thing that matters about the Pro Bowl, frankly, is the selections. That you made the Pro Bowl roster, because that is something that inevitably comes up for – Rings of Fame, Rings of Honor, Hall of Fame, that sort of thing. Would you see something being thrown out for the new CBA? It's something like if you're a first-round pick and you make the Pro Bowl in two or three of your first four years, then your fifth-year option goes up to the price of the franchise tag. That's being talked about. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know. Just get rid of the whole thing to me, honestly. Vote guys into the Pro Bowl and just do everything but the game and come up with more and interesting ways. Have the quarterbacks go to the top of the stadium and try and throw it into a bucket. Like, Just make interesting content. That's well, all you need to do. Years ago, they had a beach bowl back when the game was in Honolulu. On the, on the sand? Yes, and Robert Edwards, running back for the Patriots, had what was nearly a career-ending. Oh my God! Who's yeah. leg injury? Sounds terrible. He never was the same after that. Although he did miraculously return to play, people thought it was so bad. There was some thought he might lose his leg. God, I'm so mad that someone thought that was a good idea. Oh my gosh! And then it passed through so many different people. Right. You shouldn't be playing football in the first place, let alone football on, on an sand. uneven oh surface. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Queen City Bronco says, Zach, you're not alone, my friend. My wife and I love Chuck. Right on. They have the all se- they have all seasons on Amazon Prime, and we've watched them recently. It's a show you expect to be corny and funny, but also has surprisingly charming moments between the core characters. It literally sounds like just it's Zach Stevens. Corny, <laughs> funny, and surprisingly charming. Oh, thank you. Maybe that's why I loved it so does much. Does Chuck have a laugh? Uh, he does have he, a laugh. Does he chuckle? Yeah. <laughs> He chuckles, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's he chuckles. He's 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 what you would imagine a chuck is. Is it a chuckle like you share with us every day? I don't think so. I don't think so. He says, "I was listening to the podcast. My wife heard you mention Chuck. She yelled, Hey, me too.' Just want to let you know. Cheers, ah, love you and your wife, Queen City Bronco." All right, next one here is from Albino Reno. He says, "Guys, I'm trying to make my mock bracket." When I was talking with a colleague and somehow on her board, she had Okuda going to the Broncos at 15. How do you see this being possible? Every punctuation will have multiples for Mace. She had Burrow, Young, Herbert, Thomas, Tua, Kinlaw, Simmons, Lamb, Brown, Wills, Becton, Judy, Love, Chieson, Chieson? and then Okuda. How likely is that scenario, and would you take Okuda or Ruggs? If you take a cornerback at 15, could you possibly trade back into the first round and get Ruggs? What would that take? And Worfs was on the board. How does that factor in? Thanks. All these punctuation marks, <laughs> exclamation points, question marks, giving me the willies, man. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having trouble responding. <laughs> Too many commas. First of all, the only way Okuda is there at 15 is if he has a Laramie Tunsil, Shane Ray moment. Except that's what I said about Drew Locke last year. So I'm, I'm weary of having takes like that this year. It's different for quarterbacks, though. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, Yeah. it it was. There was no way a quarterback could fall like that. That's that was my take. I I heard myself say it at the Senior Bowl, and I said the only way that Drew Lock could fall like that is if something's wrong, and obviously nothing was wrong. People people were scared off by a senior season. What would people be scared off about Okuda? Is there anything? As a player, no. As a person, Again, do you know something? I, I don't know anything. I, about I don't him. know, and I have not heard anything that would be a red flag on Jeff Okuda that would cause him to fall out of the top five. Yeah, I really don't see him being there at fifteen. Yeah. Again, it it would be something that comes up that it could whether it's I mentioned the Shane Ray Larry Tunsil thing or. An incident at the combine. Remember Ruben Foster getting thrown out of the combine? Oh well, then the question <laughs> is, let's say something does happen and, and he falls because of a personal thing. Do you want him? Because Shane Ray, Ruben Foster, Bradley Roby also fell because of that. Is that a guy that you want? But Roby was a perfectly fine pick for when the Broncos got him. Well, so, what, so was Shane Ray, though. No. 
he well he would have Didn't been. Didn't Roby fall a bit because of some off field concerns? Remember he had the yeah he got the, caught with weed. That, that's what and I'm, the other that's thing that saying. happened he had the incident where he was I think was a DUI because he fell asleep in the, in a parked car with the engine running. Was he eating <clears throat> weed too? That not at that incident. Oh, okay. No. Uh, yeah, I mean if if he's there and for some reason just the world turned and he found that everyone just forgot about him or something, then yes. I mean, I think back to all the way to Warren Sapp when he fell through the draft uh, because of a marijuana test reportedly at the Combine. And to bring Philadelphia up in this podcast is one of the most famous draft misses they ever had because they picked Mike Mamula, who was a Combine workout warrior with Warren Sapp on the board. Mamula was a perfectly serviceable player. Warren Sapp became a Hall of Famer. And he later said, I'm only in the NFL to get Mamula. <laughs> oh my not, not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Dan- um, oh, anyway, you got something else? I forgot what I was going to say. Um, something about Warren Sapp. Oh, I have a take on guys who get busted for weed. In a vacuum drink. I, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But on the grand scale of things, that really bothers me. That you have this incredible opportunity in front of you and you're not smart enough to, in the parlance, as Mace would say, of Stephen A. Smith, stay off the weed. Well, and how about for Shane Ray, too? The week of the draft. Don't, like, can you just not be an idiot for a few days? And that's why guys drop because it's considered to be incredibly poor judgment because... Teams think of exactly what you're saying, that you can't stay away from this right now, here. That, that's the, most impor- bo- the most important time of your professional life to this point. I could honestly care less about a guy smoking weed or not. Most uh, Honestly, probably over 50% of the players in the NFL are smoking in, during the season. But just like your, your, your life dreams are within reach. Millions of dollars. And you would do something to put that in jeopardy and it, cost yourself? It's just, you, you, you're you an idiot. It's also an indication that maybe for some guys it's a more serious problem right. than just doing it recreationally. Maybe you actually have an addiction if you can't stay away from it. Yeah. And that's why with, you know, we we, we know that uh, a lot of guys do, do enjoy marijuana, do use it for pain relief benefits as well. But with the NFL's drug testing structure, they can take off for a few months. and if, As long as they can, basically from the end of the season through the end of the offseason, if they stay away from it, they won't get caught because they're not, if, they're, if they haven't had a positive test, they're not getting tested in season. Yep. And so if you can't stay away from it for set times of the year, that's a sign of a problem. So. From Dan Burke, Mace, who's your favorite player other than Shaq on the current Bucks roster? Ooh, um, Jameis? Veda, Vita Vea, and Dan Burke mentions him here. Uh, I love him. Okay, absolutely, absolutely love what he can do out there. So he goes on to say, "I'm a Vita Vea stan, mm-hmm. and I like Levante David, but I think I might have to go with Jamel Dean. He was one of my draft boos last year, and I'm unsurprised he's been balling. And also, yeah, I think you have to mention Mike Evans too." Yeah, Mike Evans is probably the most popular guy. My guy is Chris Godwin, big Godwin guy. Yeah, and he's who the Broncos should have taken in the third round of 2017. Instead, they got a guy who eats weed. Yeah, back to weed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Two something I like about Elway's tenure as a DM as a GM 
is trading low-value picks for high-upside players. Now, none of them have actually worked, <laughs> but I like the idea in principle. <laughs> trading for Sue Craven seemed like a good idea at the time. Honestly, I'd like to see more of trading for players that have fallen out of favor on their current teams. Give me Ronald Jones for a sixth rounder. I'm right there with you, Dan Burke, in terms of I like that yeah. philosophy, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, at some point, don't you have to open your eyes <laughs> and nice. realize that it, it just hasn't worked? And what point do you stop? Uh, I don't like Ronald Jones for a sixth. We loved Ronald Jones in the yeah, draft, we though. Did. I know, I did. I'm trying to learn from my mistakes, Ryan. <sighs> Six round pick, sign me up. Uh, yeah, I may do it too. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime the Broncos lose late round draft picks, it's a win for me. Yeah, it really is. Because <laughs> you think of it in terms of less work, but if it keeps you from getting a punter that you need, then it's a problem. I want a late round pick on a punter. <laughs> Just get Mason give punter me, and give me Braden so Man. Happy, I can't please. wait. For the Broncos to draft a punter, me and Zach to say, Mace, you take this one. <laughs> what if it's not Mace's guy, though, and he's just furious and won't do it? Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, how could you take, uh, I don't know, someone over Braden Mann? <laughs> Cody works as fellows looking at a scheme fit between Darius Slay and Chris Harris Jr. Slay fits a mood that I believe would help and excel at a high level in Fangio's scheme. Harris wants to play in the slot. What do you see as more likely? Chris Harris Jr. leaves or Denver trades for Slay? I feel like he just uh, made a t-shirt that you would see at Target. Slay is a mood. <laughs> Slay is a mood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And is it in the guys or girls section? Girls. Girls. Yeah. Okay. I imagine it being like a black shirt with like a silver, you know that like silvery yep. pink? That's metallic? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It says it in that. <laughs> you know what? If the Broncos do trade for Darius Slay, doesn't this company have to get in on a T-shirt with a sleigh? Well, I'm sure. Outline of a sleigh. Is that yes. when we joined the underwear business and put sleigh as a mood <laughs> on the backside? Yes. <laughs> I think we just go with the sleigh ride. Oh, yeah. Taking the sleigh ride. Good. Like in a, a Santa cart. What are those called? Oh, a sleigh. <laughs> yeah. <I> guess, yeah. <laughs> a Santa cart. <laughs> and who are the reindeer pulling them? Are they like are the reindeer other players on the defense? Like you've got, say, Kareem Jackson is one of the reindeers, and Justin Simmons, and it seems Bradley Chubb. <laughs> it does. Should it's it obviously all the co- wide receivers he shuts down. Uh, it's Peyton Manning because he's the footnote. <laughs> now Peyton Manning, he'd be Rudolph. You'd give him the red nose and have him leading the way. Yeah. Okay. Even though, <laughs> even though he's retired now, because <laughs> the forehead would be like so bright, or. It just says, like, Peyton, with your forehead so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? (laughs) It it just says, like, sleigh all day in big letters. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's make it happen. All right. And all you need just is, like, a a silhouette of a a sleigh. I mean, they do that in Christmas ornaments all the time. True. Simple. From Squidney5280, she says, guys, don't feel like you have to read this unless you really want to. Well, we want to. At Big Tony, a good place to look would be a local college like the JUCO you mentioned, Sports Information and Athletics Communications Department. I work at a D3 school in Virginia, and these smaller schools have a one-man or one-woman shop that does it all. Graphics, social media, photography, all forms of journalism, website management, game day operations, in-game statistics, streaming events, media production, literally everything you can think of in regards to promoting the student-athletes and the athletic department. I guarantee if you reach out to these smaller schools willing to volunteer or intern for them, they will have you. 
You can gain valuable experience in a wide range of skills and help you identify what part of the sports profession you are passionate about. As the guy said on Monday, the degree type slash major isn't the most important thing. I went to school for elementary education, but the passion for sports and desire to put the work in um, is. Uh, if you would like to know more about uh, SID life, you can reach out on Twitter or Instagram. My head, my handle is the same as my username. Man, Squidney, thanks for reaching out. This is what this community is all about. We, we have someone with a question. We do the best to answer it, and then we get someone else that comes in with more information. So I absolutely love that. Thanks for helping Big Tony out. I know at least one executive in this market who's very successful in the kind of the PR line of work who started off working with a community college basketball program. Wow. And that was his entree into the business. So this is absolutely correct. And the more you can do, the better. One of the reasons I loved uh, when I interned for an arena football team in Tampa when I was in college is I got to do so many different things, and I had to do and had to handle so much of the PR aspects. I mean, it was ba- I learned basically on the job how to let, how to design a media guide on you know on Quark. That was a software I used at the time, and I basically learned that from scratch. And without that, I wouldn't have launched my career the way I did. So that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, when you work for these small mm-hmm. type of operations, first of all, you're going to have a lot of opportunity to um, have ideas that get used, you know, mm-hmm. rather than going to work for a big place where you're like, hey, what about this? And they're like, ah, it sounds like a lot of work, you know. Uh, before we go too much further, shout out to Green Mountain Dental. It's in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extremely dedicated Colorado sports fans, just like all of us here at DNVR. Make sure you check them out, and if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. They're a longtime DNVR partner, so make sure if you have some dental work that you need to get done in this area, you go to them because they always come to us. VR, though, chimes in, says, our friend from Twitter, Barry Mick. We'll leave it at that. Says, Barry Mack. Barry Max watched a ton of John Elway tape and made a 13-minute video on YouTube called The Ultimate John Elway Highlight Reel. Would definitely recommend for any Broncos fan that was too young to watch him like myself. Assume it's a lot of John scrambling around and throwing an absolute laser 50 yards down the field. Across his body, doing things that coaches say, what are you doing? And then it's a completion. Yep. O- overcoming an offense that was about 10 to 15 years behind it, the times until Jim Fossil showed up in 1993 and got him to the modern era. Count Locula to the gentle gents at DNVR. Happy Tuesday on this National Crap Stuff Flounder Day. I seriously couldn't make this up if I tried. Mace, I thought I was the only one who liked the final episode of Seinfeld. It's nice to not be alone in this. Appreciate that. We have to band together. We have to stick together on this. Zach, I grew up in southern Arizona and went like four straight years without wearing pants. So I kicked you on this. (laughs) It did get cold where I lived, but I was a willful little count. Were you wearing shorts or just nothing? I assume shorts. Okay. Look, if I lived in Florida, I would probably, I would wear shorts literally 345 days a year. Oh, I would too. That's why I one day dream of living in Arizona, at least for the winters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was when I when I was down there for the Shrine Game in January, I wore shorts all week. Never wore, didn't, didn't even pack any pants. Just shorts. That sounds That amazing. was awesome. Okay, guys, I know why I didn't like Josh Rosen, because of his smarmy antics at the draft 
and because he kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. But what is the John thing that you gents breezed over in regards to him? My curiosity has been tickled about this since you mentioned it. Love the count. Well, his politics. Yes. Josh, Ro- Josh Rosen had some anti-Trump social media postings. Why was it UCLA? Uh, we know that uh, John Elway is a longtime Republican and uh, was at Trump's inauguration back in January of 2017. Yep. And we'll leave it there. Next one is from R.D. Dollywall. Zach, I got you with Chuck. I watched it from its premiere until it got canceled. Hey. The actor who played Chuck Bartowski also played Shazam. Which I also enjoyed with my kids. Wait, he was the kid in Shazam? Like also the played Shazam. Shazam. Like Shazam, the movie with Shaq. The Disney That's movie. That's Kazam. Oh. <laughs> 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 Dang it. What? Uh, so we don't know this movie. Shazam. No, Shazam is a, a is superhero. An, Shazam is an app. That tells you what song is playing. I am so confused. Another name for Shazam is uh, Captain Marvel, right? What? Yeah. I'm yeah. so lost. All I know is the main actor. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at like Captain Marvel, also known as Shazam. That's the opening of the Wikipedia page on Captain Marvel. And that wow. is was played by Chuck Bartowski? Or the guy who played Chuck Bartowski. All right. We learned there there was a, uh, there must have been a series. Chuck Bartowski, Zachary Levi. So that that's the actor's name. So fellow Zach. All right. Love that. Interesting. From TK Freeze, what's up, DNVR? So since it's the offseason, a quick story for you guys. The past weekend... Oh, eh, that's fine. This past weekend, me, my girlfriend, and a buddy of mine were on a road trip. After a couple hours of music, I decided to switch on the always great DNVR Broncos podcast. We're about 10 minutes in, and I hear my friends yell from the back seat, Oh, no, that laugh is terrible. Talking of Zach's laugh. My girlfriend turns around furiously and yells back, Hey! That's Zach's laugh, and it's amazing. Don't you dare badmouth it. Oh, thank you. I laughed hysterically. (laughs) To say the least, we shut him down quickly, and my girlfriend wanted me to let you know, Zach, she's got your back, and she loves the laugh. Oh, I love your girlfriend. Careful now. Whoa, easy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, quick free agent question for you guys. I know uh, you would have to give up a pick for Slay, but who would you prefer on the Broncos roster? Byron Jones or Darius Slay? Personally, I think Slay is the better corner and would have the better immediate impact. But with Jones' age and the Fangio system being quote-unquote corner-friendly, the chance B. Jones developing even more into an absolute beast is pretty dang good. Anyway, what do you guys think? I think you broke it down pretty perfectly. Right now, I think Slay is the better cornerback. For long term, though, probably Byron Jones, especially because you hold on to a draft pick or two. If you're talking about having to guarantee 40 to $50 million, I'm going with Byron Jones just because I think a year from now he's going to be better than Darius Slay. If it's a one-for-one type of thing, you would go with Jones, in my opinion. Right. Iceman says, hey, friends, RK, can we put out an ABP for Jawan Winfrey? Uh, ABP. Do you know it, Mace? Don't say it if you do. All points Bolton. So it's APB. Does that mean like a search party type of thing? Yeah. Wait, didn't he say don't say it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he goes on and says, wait, so what is it? All all points bulletin. Oh, yeah. okay, gotcha. So, like, where is he? I know you said don't say it, but I felt like I had to say it. <laughs> I went what, rogue. What is going <laughs> oh, kind of like John Winfrey. What is going on with the Broncos' fifth-round pick in 2019? When Miss Iceman and I spoke with Allie during the draft watch party last year, she raved about Juwan, and, of course, I totally agreed. Mace, I would love my boy TRT back QBing in Broncos country. Go Broncos, TRT, Drew, and Winfrey. I got a TRT. 
Timothy something Tebow? Yes. Oh, because Timothy I suggested Tebow. Yeah, because <laughs> I suggested he, he that yeah, yeah, yeah. if the XFL expands to Denver, right. that Tim Tebow should be the quarterback. If they look, it's all about marketing, right? Do you want to sell tickets? Timothy Richard Tebow? Tim, I think it's Ricardo. Oh. <laughs> no. I think it's Richard. I I'm think it's guessing. Richard too. What's It is Richard, Dick correct. Tebow. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, on Jawan Winfrey, he was really skyrocketing in training camp, and then he got hurt, and that's been the M.O. of his entire life as you, a football player. Are you counting on him this year? No. Okay. He's, he, it's a joy if he shows up. Not shows up, but like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a chance to be the fourth wide receiver. You want him to push Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton. And the I way the receiver he, compliments. He very working. clearly has the ability to do so. It's just can he stay healthy, and, and the answer has always been no for him. And can he be involved on special teams? I think that's that's what what's going to get him a jersey and get him on the roster is what he can do in that face. Because if the Broncos do invest as heavily in the receiver position in the draft as we expect them to, then I don't know how many reps there are going to be there on offense if he's going to be on the roster. It's got to be on special teams. From Montana Bronco, hey guys, just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy and appreciate your podcast. I discovered this podcast last fall and became a, dis- a subscriber in December. The t-shirts alone are worth the price. Mace, I have to say you're amazing. I would hate to get in a trivia contest against you. Also, I'm jealous you said you've been to over 500 NFL games. I'm 60 and have only been to a, f- a handful. Being born in Southern Colorado and living there until I was 32, I'm a lifelong Bronco and all-Colorado sports fan. So DNVR is perfect for me. Living in Montana now, I didn't always get the Broncos latest, but now I do. So keep up the good work. I have to say I agree with your opinions about 75. Ugh, way too hard. <laughs> percent of the time, you guys are my entertainment at work daily. Sorry for such a long comment, but I just need to ask one question. Since I live in Montana and we get a lot of snow, do you know where I could get rubber for my snowplow blade? <laughs> The Denver Rubber Company. And possibly, could you recommend a good cup of a good beer or cup of coffee? Yes, Breckenridge beer and Stravacraft exactly. coffee. Exactly. That's all for now. And once again, thank you all for your hard work. Steve Atwater is the man. Yes, well, he is the man. And thanks for the kind words. Love hearing from you, Montana Bronco. And yeah, it's it's I'm pretty lucky to have been to that many NFL games. It's just a big part of it was being in an NFL market where tickets were readily available like Tampa was when I was growing up. I think I'll probably get – no, not enough games in the season. For 100? I was going to say, I'll, I'll probably get to uh, 500 college football games at some point in my life. Oh, yes, mm. you but will. that's going to be a long time. That's like 50 years. Yeah. Probably – no, more than that. When I was a kid, I remember reading a story in Sports Illustrated about these people who'd been fans of their college team and didn't miss a game and had been going to – this wasn't like in the 80s. that had been going to games since like 1920, and they were all in their 80s and 90s, and they were still going to games. That's where I see you being, RK, when you're like 85 years old, that you're still sitting up in the stands in Folsom, and you're this super fan who's been going to games on a regular basis for – like 80 years i'm at about 120 or so straight right now but if you realize that took me 20 about 20 years to get to that number so i've got to uh multiply that by five which would give me to 100 so you started when you were about seven um i was nine what happens if the buffs are home on the weekend the broncos are in london as they're expected to be 
this year. Oh, boy. Actually, I think I might have already looked that up. Um, I think I'm safe in that regard. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Love to hear that. But I would have made it work. <laughs> yes, you would have. <laughs> Next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys, here's a cross-sport question to pontificate. What will happen more, holding calls against the AFC West offensive line or Houston Astro players beaned in the 2020 regular season? Keep in mind, it's 162 games of baseball with a commissioner threatening to suspend anyone that tries to retaliate on the field. Has he said that? Has the commissioner said that? Yes, Rob Manfred. Mm. Uh, Rob Manfred could not handle this situation any worse. Uh, He's making Roger Goodell look good right now. Check this out. Buffs on October 3rd, bye week. Oh, Buffs on October 9th at Arizona. Oh, so man. if it's either of those two weeks, we good. There you go. Love to hear that. He says the Astros face 20 teams, 520 players out of 754 that want blood. The Dodgers are not one of those teams, but they do play the Nationals. It's 52 NFL games. In 2019, the division was penalized 93 times, 26 times for Denver, 23 for the Chargers and Chiefs, and 21 times for the Raiders. In 2019, the MLB league average for HBP was 66 per team. Houston was hot, exactly hit. 60. Well, was hit exactly 66 times. The Rockies were hit the fewest at 43, and the Mets had the most at 93. So which will happen more often. I'm going to say hit bat hit batters because I think Garrett Bowles will cut his holding penalties this year. Because he'll be cut or just I think he'll improve oh, okay. and just, that will help the holding total for the AFC West. Just so this is clear, every Houston Astro that gets hit, it is the fault of Rob Manfred. One hundred percent. If he would have just punished them, right. then these players wouldn't have to take things into their own hands and punish them themselves. It's just like if the uh, I forget who the player was, but he took a dirty hit on an av, and then Kadri had to go beat his ass. The problem is hit, you know, hit batters happen naturally. Just okay, the pitcher misses a spot; it gets away from him. Or is the assumption going to be that's intentional, and Manfred's going to suspend uh, a player for you know for just an accidental, typical hit batsman in a game? Did you, who who was the uh, player? I think it happened this morning. With the Braves, right? Nick Markakis. Nick Markakis. Did you see this, Ryan? Mm-mm. Said that the Astros players deserve a good beating. Good. <laughs> I mean, that's intense. I just... They che- they cheated and won the championship. Like, that's the worst thing. I really wish the players weren't, weren't given protections. And we talk about the Patriots and stuff and what they've done is dirty. This is like... A hundred times as bad. This is literally if the Patriots tapped into the other team's um, play call system and knew exactly what they were calling, the play they were calling on every play. Well, there are some in the NFL who suspect that the communication outages that happen in Foxborough, that there's some malfeasance to it. Even then, they're cutting off your communication and they're not intercepting it. Right. But they're hurting your, your ability to communicate. Right. But again, this is if they knew the play call before the play every time. That's brutal. You know where this is going? It's going to where you have radio receive like a little ra- like little uh, headphone in that's in the ear of the picture and the catcher, and like and a, and even like a mic on the picture, and a communication kind of between them. Literally in uh, where like the picture kind of covers his mouth and says fastball. An AirPod. You yeah. just put your glove up over your mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm down. I mean, again, anything to stop 
the Astros from continuing to cheat. Oh, man, they're the worst. Next one from Mountain Drew. Zach, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers in their prime? I tend to agree with you that Aaron has always been a little overhyped. And Mace, the idea and the thought of Tim Tebow and the Denver Gold will make an XFL fan out of all of us. Just imagine the Tebow, Tebowing in the end zone making a comeback. There's a reason why I put the at XFL2020 handle on that tweet. I wanted somebody in their office to see what I was getting at. I mean, and open, and as you say, Zach, open your eyes to the possibilities that if you had a Denver team and Tim Tebow on it, you're probably getting 35,000 people, and you're probably having to play at Empower Field. I was going to say, where would they play? Because they, I could guarantee they would sell out Dick's Sporting Goods Park every yep. game. Yes. I can, I can almost guarantee they would be able to sell out Folsom Field. How many is That's that? That's 50,000. My guess was that there would be 50,000 people at a Tebow game. Yeah. And so wherever they play – I mean, this is a cash cow. If you have to pay him $10 million a year, you do it. What if yeah. you, well, after this weekend, maybe this isn't the best idea, but you, Air Force seats, what, Falcon Stadium, 43000 Hard pass. But after hard this pass. weekend, hard pass. Hard pass. no, I, I, I get that you wouldn't do that. And Fort Collins is probably a little bit far. Fort Collins would be fine, too. Yeah. What if you just alternated between Folsom and, and Canvas? Or you... Just pass it around, and so then, everyone gets a little slice of the pie. And it truly is the. Uh, but we're going Denver Gold. Could we do Colorado Gold or no? no? <laughs> so they, the Denver Gold playing in Boulder and Fort. And Collins, they tried this. Fine. And they tried this pass it around thing back in the ABA in the seventies. The Virginia Squires actually played home games in Roanoke, Richmond, uh, Hampton, and I believe they played in Norfolk as well. The Colorado yeah. Gold still has a good ring to it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That would be innovative. I mean, you could even, uh, you, yeah, you could go to the Springs. You could go all yeah. over the place. Yeah. And it's just the Tebow tour. Oh, that would be brilliant. They would sell out every everyone. They would. I honestly think all, if there was only one game in Denver, too, one home game in Denver, they'd sell that one they'd out, too. Out. I don't know if they'd sell out, like, are we talking about playing it at Empower Field? Yes. I don't think they would sell it out for 76,000-plus people. I think I, they'd get 50. I honestly think they'd sell it out. They for sure sell out Colorado Springs. It's Tim Tebow. But think of the jersey sales too. To, to Mile High, people would be traveling to Denver to go to the game. Or you, what? They could just do it at Coors. That would be cool. There's fifty. That would be cool. We'd cover it. The party. That's the day. other thing. Like I know we've kind of scoffed at covering the XFL. If Tim Tebow is playing for the Denver Gold yep. or Denver whatever in the XFL, yeah, we're all covering those games. <laughs> yeah. Period. <laughs> shirts i mean oh man like i said this is whatever you have to pay him i felt the same way about colin kaepernick what did he demand 20 million dollars i think he asked for that they should have taken that deal yeah yeah i mean the only way this is going to work is if you have stars they would have sold 20 million dollars worth of colin kaepernick dc defenders jerseys to be able to i mean tim Tebow would be leading sports center unbelievable for the xfl yeah, great idea, Mace. Honestly, you should have gotten paid for it. <laughs> I just, I just hope that if this happens, they remember me and I'm on the radio broadcasting. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll give an idea. No, I mean you guys, I respect doing it, but maybe this is the chance for the first and ten at ten Orange and Blue seven sixty reunion. We get Steve Atwater in the booth. 
Well, now I feel disrespected. Um, from Mark IT Snatch. Zach, you're not alone. Chuck was great. How did Chuck come back up? <laughs> we discussed Chuck yesterday. <laughs> I'm ready to chuck this out the window. Oh, boo. I even signed a position to get it reinstated after it was canceled. Oh. Silly, quirky, funny, and charming. It was fantastic. Being a nerdy, socially awkward, dweeby kid growing up, it was a show that I could relate to. Multiple characters throughout, even Lester. Oh, man. Love it, Mark. I'll, I'll sign that petition. From Joe Turner 96, what do you guys think about Donovan Peoples Jones from Michigan as a potential day two pick for the Broncos? I haven't seen him talked about much in draft discussions, which is probably due to his average production, but I can't help but feel like that's due to having Shea Patterson throwing him the football. He's got the speed we need, and I feel like it could be a steal on day two. Thoughts? Average production is why I think you could potentially get him on day three. Average production, elite name. Gotta be gotta be factored into all draft discussions. Yes. DPJ. DPJ. Yeah. That's I mean, you, when you have the initials, you're gold, right? Yep. Right. You got DPJ and MPJ in the same city. Oh man, that could be good. Also, just Donovan Peoples Jones. It is just such a sweet name. Yeah, it really is. But he's not the primary guy. Like I would say this, he's your se- he's your second or th- if you by chance draft three receivers, he can be a bigger slot receiver. But he's not the first receiver you're taking. If that's the case, then you're disappointed. Yeah. Because he's not because DPJ is not the vertical speed guy that you need. But the peoples are jonesing for this. <laughs> Man, you would love it. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, um, I can't go anywhere from that. Well done. <laughs> Next one coming in from Thick Fangio. Finally got caught up on last week's pods. I have so much to comment on, but I forgot most of. But I forgot most of it. So here's the spark notes. The XFL is worth watching. So so you can get a chuckle whenever you hear them say. Charles Kanoff. Because he'll always be Chad Kanoff to me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't run from your past, Chad. He's perpetually Chad Kanoff. Oh, yes. He's always Chad Kanoff. Uh, exclamation marks are acceptable depending on the situation. I agree that they are really not needed in tweets, and multiple are kind of useless. But, for example, if a friend invited you, invited you to something they're excited about, yeah, exclamation mark, sounds great, exclamation mark, can be very encouraging, while... Yeah, sounds great. Can come off across as disinterested, even if you meant it with the same enthusiasm. But anyway, not trying to punctuation shame anyone. If you use punctuation at all, you're doing better than half the population. This is a good point, and I can't argue that. I am huge on text etiquette. Oh. And he just outlined a a very important part of text etiquette. Uh, Exclamation points are important in text etiquette, so you can properly convey excitement over something. What do you think of tapbacks? Oh, the, the, the thumbs up or the haha or it's barely acceptable. I think if that's all you do is tap back someone, I think it's like a slap in the face. No, if, no, if, it's not. It's an acknowledgement of I saw this. I don't have anything to add. And sometimes, look, you get a text, and I'll just speak from my own experience. I I'm out with my daughter somewhere, and you know, or, or maybe she's got a friend along, and I'm trying to watch kids. I have time. For a tap back and nothing else. I want to acknowledge that I received the, the, the text and say I'm cool with it, 
but I don't have time for a discussion right now. Honestly, though, like saying, okay, cool, is the same amount of effort yeah, as just giving the thumbs up. Right, and I guess that, that's No, because I you mean. just kind of mat- lay, lay on it, scroll over, boom. <laughs> I think, okay, cool takes more effort. It's more taps. Here is my biggest one, and I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. If you just say, K, I hate you. Yeah, it's true. You can't even give me the courtesy of adding an O. <laughs> if you just say K, I assume that you hate me and everything that I've said is invalid. And to that you. requires less effort than the tap back. I'll say that. It does exactly. because it's one tap. That's I would rather a, a thumbs up than a K. Yeah, a thumbs up is an affirmation um, because a thumbs up is positive. I think. Please stop back, slamming the tape. Th- <laughs> what is it? Is it? Yeah, is it <laughs> all of our mics pick it up. I think tap backs are great in group chats, though. Uh yeah yeah, Zach likes to t- to go through a group chat seventeen <laughs> hours after the conversation and start tapping back. Just so you guys know, I'm there. I'm listening. Next one coming in from Thick Fangio. Got caught up on last week's. So, oh no, we no, just, no, we I, just re- oh I, yeah, it was the end of that one. He says, "Give me Gotsis and Jano in the cage match." This was you get two people. Right? Jano yes. wins. Yep. No, you. Who was it? I think there was a cage match. Connor McGovern. Two on two. And it was, oh. he had Dalton, Reisner, and Derek Wolf, And you had to pick two other people on the Broncos to go up against him. Wow. Um, good luck. <laughs> Whatever team has Derek Wolf is winning. Um, Jano is a good option. He has a low center of gravity. Yep. A little harder to take down. He's got country, country strong, too. Connor McGovern has to be in there, too, right? He's yeah. strong, he's but is he, how nimble is he, though? Country straight. Country strength. Is there anyone? I feel like Gotsis has a little bit of mobility to him. If he was still on the team, I would pick to keep to leave on my team. Oh gosh, well, he wouldn't follow any rules. That's that's part of the allure there. There's no rules in a cage yeah, match. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you can't hit the person in the family jewels if they're in the cage match. No, well, right? Akeem's not doing that. <laughs> what about Philip Lindsay as a as a uh, dark horse here? Too small. Too small. How are you going to catch him though? He's going to run circles around you and then... Just tire you out? <laughs> <laughs> Just get in some jabs here and there in the mm. face. Well, if, if, I mean, if that's the case, we're looking for speed. I mean, you can go with any number of guys. You can... But you need feist. Core. Yeah, he'd be feisty. That's for sure. Uh, how, about, uh, how about Kareem Jackson? I mean, he's got some speed, but he can wallop people. I yeah, think about that. Anyway. Uh, Dalton Reisner, I wouldn't... He wouldn't be high on my list. No, really? Yeah. He's too nice. When he's, I want when he's pe- on the field, though. But I want people who are angry. Just all the time. Yeah. Angry humans. Yeah. Like a lot, <laughs> just a lot to get off their chest. Jano kind of is like that. Angry like or he, nice? Uh, Mostly angry. He can be nice, but. Yeah. I, again, whoever has Wolf wins. Yeah. He says, I've, I live four hours from Pittsburgh and six hours from Charlotte, so I'm planning on going to both games this year. Would 100% be down for a DNVR meetup at both or well, either? Well, I would say uh, Charlotte, we find a, we find there are a couple of good barbecue restaurants there. We can focus on that. Pittsburgh, I'm fine with just finding a Permani Brothers location and having the sandwich that has the fries and the coleslaw and everything no, in it. And Not a big there. fan of the uh, Permani Bros sandwich. Why? I don't know. It's a little too salty. Not so- There's not enough sauce involved. It was like it was kind of dry. Then you I rely on the coleslaw for the flavor because there's the vinegar. The coleslaw in is kind of dry. Uh, not 
Not when I've had it. But oh, okay. I love coleslaw. I'll put coleslaw on any sandwich. Well, we've got all of Monday to do whatever we want in uh, Indianapolis. So. And there is a Primanti Brothers in downtown Indy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we'll drag Ryan there, I guess. I'll, we'll I'll, see I'll, I'll try it a second time. <laughs> anyway, Larry Dang Jr. Hey, fellas. So maybe Diggs. LDJ. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, fellas. Maybe Diggs isn't an ideal reason to trade down if one of those top three guys receivers are there referring to Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs. We should take him. I'm with you, but let's be honest. I know some people think, hey, the more picks, the more chances to hit, but it seems like we aren't good at that. We win the eighth round under active free agents no matter what, and we get those premium picks right. Think about it. All the picks we had last year really resulted in three. Drew Locke, Dalton Rosner, Noah Fant. You felt awesome about one to look really, really promising. Draymond, love Draymond Jones. And then depth after that. I want to mortgage those Steeler and San Francisco picks to trade back into the second round and get Tyler Biotish and maybe a Jake Hansen and then use a fifth and a fourth and a sixth and a seventh to trade back into the third. By day three, we should be kicking, picking K.J. Hill and a punter and going home. I mean, who cares how many picks we get if the ones that matter the most we hit on? Other than the Raiders last year, who got more production from their rookies and the Broncos? And in 2018, we had a phenomenal rookie class. One last question for you guys. Oregon had the number one offensive line in college this most recent season. Is it bad that I want to just go for broke and draft every piece of that O-line I can get a value on? Yes. Or is it just Jake Hansen and that's it worth taking from that offensive line? How do you feel about Shane Lemieux, Calvin Throckmorton? I, I like Throckmorton. Isn't that a killer name too? Oh, yeah. Calvin Throckmorton? Yeah. It sounds like, he, like he's going to throck you, which... We will. <laughs> we will. It's, it's, clo- you. it's close to throttle. <laughs> That's what I think of, that Throckmorton is going to throttle somebody. I think I'm taking Derek Wolf and Throckmorton in the cage. It's a, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I actually value-wise like like uh, Throckmorton most of all from Morgan's line. Yeah. No relation to Craig Morton. <laughs> from Sir James Radio, can anything be read into the likes of Zach Azani pounding the table for a wide receiver that went deactivated on game days for the majority of the season as it pertains to Vic Fangio's decision to not take assistant coaches. Not necessarily. No. I think for the Combine, Jawan Winfrey wasn't even there at the Combine, for one thing, last year. I can't remember. It was definitely a pro day thing for right. those two. Mm-hmm. And, and the Broncos are all re- always well represented at pro day, at CU in particular, because it's in their backyard. And so typically you see position coaches of relevant positions you see uh john elway matt russell is always at cu pro day the broncos always come out in force for cu pro day even if the buffs don't have a first or second round prospect in the mix exactly world of suck rounding us out says love the discussion on how many picks the broncos should keep just to pitch in the broncos are projected to have three seventh rounders new england seventh and two compensatory picks According to the Jimmy Johnson valuation chart, each of those picks are only worth one point draft each. It's been mentioned that we could package some seventh rounders together to move up into the sixth, but the chart says that a far exchange would be would would be fair, to, exchange. Or fair exchange would be to give Carolina all three of those seventh picks just to move up near the top of the seventh round. Our three seventh rounders are worth nothing more than a better seventh rounder. My point is that while we do have 12 draft picks, three of them just function as guaranteed UDFA signings. I think the best way to look at our capital isn't as 12 picks, but as nine real picks with the added bonus that we will have first dibs on UDFA class. All of that said, I'm cautiously optimistic that over the cap is underselling our compensatory pick compensation. While the most important factor in the NFL's algorithm is contract size, it also accounts for playing time and player awards. 
On one side of the equation, we lost Shaq Barrett, who made the Pro Bowl and was second-team All-Pro. On the signing side of it, Callahan played zero snaps, and James played 63. It won't make a big difference, but maybe one of those sevenths becomes a sixth or fifth. I'm not counting on my observation to be more reliable than over the Caps projections, but who knows? I know that they factor in Barrett's season into their calculus. So I hope you're right, World of Suck. I hope that they're a bit off. They're usually not. They usually get this pretty close to right. And I do think you make a good point about those last couple of picks especially, that you use that as as undrafted free agents. You say, okay, we want these guys. Let's make sure that nobody else is in on them. Let's make sure we take care of this. Ryan's we'll, shaking his head at we'll that. We'll just cover them like undrafted free agents too. <laughs> we'll just that. add them to a list. <laughs> Unless they're from CU? Yes, then yeah, then they get a feature. What? <laughs> or unless they're a, a quarterback who had some off-field issues. Uh, Chattis Kellis. Oh, yes, of course. What did they trade up to get Juwan Winfrey last year? A sixth and a seventh, right, for a I fifth? So. I think so. Maybe just do that. Trade your three sevenths and your sixth for a fifth. Or sure. to move up higher in the sixth. Yeah. Get the first punter <laughs> off the board. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. You Sell trade, those late picks. You trade four picks to draft a punter. J- just that headline <laughs> would seem crazy, but it would make sense. Do you see the smile on my face right now, guys? <laughs> Unfortunately, listening, you can't see it. I'm beaming at that notion. I'm, yes, you are. I, if it means less late-round picks, you can trade all of them. I'm all for it, too. And I'm all for ending this podcast right now. Goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in today. I really appreciate you. Thanks to Bojo's, who hosted us on Friday for an amazing pizza tasting. Uh, it's where I coined the term honey spoons for the leftover crust, and I'm sticking with that forever. Where else can you get a honey spoon with your pizza? At least eight of them, or, or six. How many slices are in a pie? A lot. Yeah, big. Depends, Good. I guess. Twelve? Twelve pieces in a pie? I don't know. I have I'm no going c- one. I tell them not to cut it because I'm just going to eat one, it. Two, what? Yeah. I no, say eight I slices, say four cuts. Well, one depends. down the middle, one talking, down the other middle, one this way, yeah. one We're that talking way. large, medium, small. I mean, what's the Does deal? Does it matter? Kind of regardless. It just changes the size of the slices, right? Well, the size of the slices depends on the size of the pizza. But this, you do four cuts. I just think uh, if it's a if it's a large pizza, and you're cutting it four times, that's eight pieces. I mean, sometimes that can be too big. I, I like my I don't like the huge piece. I like a manageable size. When I was in Philly, I saw a guy walking down the street with a pizza box, the size of my wingspan. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I was like, this is this a bit? Like I thought it was like going to be a joke. There's like someone hiding in there or something. It was at least five feet wide. The, the the box. Wow, that sounds. Did it look like he was struggling? Kind. I mean, it just. That's he awkward. was like pr- he had it like pressed up against his chest to be able to hold it. That sounds so good. I know. I the bigger the slice, the better. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I, agree. I just I like it manageable. I can go back for another slice. You're the type who thinks like, like you'd rather eat four small slices. It feels like you ate more food than two big slices. Perhaps on some level, yes. <laughs> I see. I would rather do the opposite. I I would or yeah. I would I would want to eat four slices to say that I you know crushed four slices. And also, if you buy like multiple, let's say you get like two or three pizzas, and sometimes we'll make pizza at home. 
and we'll make like three different kinds of pizza. We'll make a taco pizza, a pepperoni pizza, and a Hawaiian pizza. And you'll have smaller slices and you can have a bit of everything. Variety is the spice of life. So speaking of a bit of everything, while we were there, I had my first chance to try the honey cheese bread. Honestly, whatever you think it is, it's 10 times better. Mm. I thought that the honey was going to be in the bread, like part of the bread. No, they take bread, which might already have some honey in it. Then they cover it in honey, and then they melt cheddar cheese over that. It might not sound to you like this is amazing. It honestly blew all of our minds. No, it actually sounds That sounds colossally good. So when you go there, when you go to Bojo's, you can ask... For the honey cheese bread, if you just say the name DNVR, you're going to get that for free. It is so, so worth it. Make sure you check it out. We love you, Bojo's Pizza, and your honey spoons and honey Mm. cheese bread. But for now, that's going to wrap it up for today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow.